This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 17, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Most consumers don't have access to the latest medical innovations and models for delivery of health care. Much of the blame can be laid squarely at the feet of government involvement in medicine. That according to Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, he says Obamacare may further threaten America's position as the undisputed leader in innovations that help people live longer, healthier lives. The most important kind of healthcare reform is innovation. Finding ways to do things better than we did before at a lower cost that makes healthcare better and more affordable for more and more people. Now, most people think of medical innovations in terms of advances in basic medical sciences or advances in doctors' ability to diagnose illness with, say, MRIs and CT scanners or doctors' ability to treat illnesses with things like ACE inhibitors or statins or other uh, drugs and interventions that save lives. And the United States does lead the world in these types of medical innovations. In fact, we often produce more of these types of innovations than any other country uh, or all their countries combined. But there are other types of innovation in healthcare that are just as important as medical innovation. These are innovative ways of designing health insurance policies, innovative ways of delivering medical care that can make it safer, that can make it more convenient, that can lower the cost of medical care. And it's in these areas that the United States really lags in terms of innovation. We don't see the kind of innovation in healthcare delivery and in health insurance policy design uh, that we see, that the United States produces in when it comes to medical innovation. That's not because those sorts of innovations, let's call them business model innovations, uh, that's not because they're not out there. It's not because, in fact, they're readily available. Uh, If you look at some of the things that Congress is trying to pursue through healthcare reform, through the stimulus uh, legislation, they're trying to reduce wasteful healthcare spending and improve the quality of care with things like research on which treatments work better than others. There's a lot of uh, there are a lot of provisions in uh, President Obama's health plan that are supposed to improve the delivery of care by encouraging doctors to talk to one another to make sure that they were providing pay, the, the uh, a shared patient the best care available. Well, you know what? There are already health plans that use these innovations. They're called prepaid group plans. Group plan, plans like Kaiser Permanente or Group Health Cooperative out on the West Coast are integrated delivery systems. So all the doctors work for the same organization and they do talk to one another. And these plans operate under financial incentives that encourage effectiveness research, that encourage them to use health information technologies like electronic medical records that allow you to communicate with your doctor without having to go all the way down to his office and wait in his waiting room for an hour. These things reduce the cost of care. They make healthcare more convenient. The reason that most of these innovations are not available to most consumers is because of government intervention, because government erects barriers to competition in health insurance markets, the biggest one being our employment-based health insurance system, where your employer gets to choose your health plan and you don't. That keeps these sorts of health plans from being able to enter the market, sign up enrollees, um, also because the employment-based system makes consumers less sensitive to the cost of their insurance. That also presents a barrier to these health plans because they're generally lower cost. They use these innovations to save money. There are other innovations uh, that get at other problems that reformers are trying to address. 
For example, most of the estimated 46 million uninsured Americans are young and healthy. Reformers like to call these people the young invincibles because reformers think somewhat patronizingly that these young uninsured people will figure that they're never going to get sick and so they don't need health insurance. So what does the Obama plan do to try to bring coverage to these people? Well, it forces them to buy coverage at inflated prices and uh, threatens them with fines and maybe even jail time if they don't purchase coverage. But markets uh, have developed innovative ways of encouraging young invincibles to purchase coverage without coercion. There are health insurance policies that combine health insurance with the, the promise of a deferred dividend uh, that the enrollee receives if they end up not filing a claim. Now, how does this work? Well, the young invincibles underestimate the probability that they are going to need health insurance, the probability that they're going to file a claim. But that same error that causes them to underestimate that probability causes them to overestimate the probability that they will obtain one of these deferred dividends. So when insurers bundle the deferred dividends with the insurance together, uh, that gives those young invincibles an incentive to sign up for coverage. Those products are already available in uh, China. They were quite popular in the United States in life insurance markets until they were demonized as a form of gambling. But in health insurance markets, there's really no uh, obvious regulatory obstacle to why they can be uh, implemented other than the industry has been scared off by a lot of, uh, a lot of regulation in, in other areas of the insurance markets. So clearer regulatory guidance uh, and, and, and lower barriers to entry into health insurance markets generally will encourage these innovations that will, uh, that will encourage and enable the young invincibles to purchase health insurance. The way a lot of government-funded care works, it sort of seems to dampen incentives to actually develop methods to provide care more safely, like fee-for-service and hospital-acquired infections. The main reason that me medicine is so dangerous in the United States right now, so unnecessarily dangerous, is the Medicare program. Medicare is the largest purchaser of healthcare services in the world. It is much larger than the second largest purchaser in the United States. So America's entire healthcare sector pretty much is organized around the incentives that Medicare creates. And because Medicare purchases health services with what with a fee for service payment system, so that a provide a healthcare provider receives an additional fee for each additional service they provide. What that means that creates a set of incentives that makes medicine more dangerous because it locks that in for nearly the entire market. The reason being, if you are injured by a, uh, uh, an adverse drug reaction, by a hospital-acquired infection, the hospital gets, uh, or, or the physicians get additional payments for making you well again. And the hospital that tries to avoid unnecessary hospitalizations uh, by, uh, uh, with, with better follow-up care, that tries to eliminate hospital-acquired infections, there's, there's really no business case for them do, to do that because if they do that, they lose money under this fee-for-service payment system that Medicare has locked in. If we had open competition between fee-for-service and the sorts of prepaid systems that are used at Kaiser Permanente and Group Health, then... The market would promote all dimensions of quality. It would um, it would allow for the choices that fee for service provides, but also 
encourage safer medicine uh, like prepaid systems, uh, as prepaid systems do. One of the thorniest challenges in healthcare reform is to provide secure health insurance coverage to people when they're sick. Now, the president would try to do this with price controls, essentially forcing insurance companies to sell insurance to people with very high cost conditions at artificially low rates. What that does is it encourages insurance companies to avoid those patients. Markets have developed other ways of protecting sick people from high health insurance premiums. One innovation is called guaranteed renewability, where once you buy a policy, if you get sick, you're protected from premium spikes because your premiums only go up with this uh, average of the average experience of the group. Your premiums don't go up any more than anyone else's. Now, a lot of people think that that still creates an incentive for insurers to mistreat the sick. Competition can solve that problem too, and innovation can solve that problem with a, a total satisfaction guarantee where insurers say to their, to, to their new customers, if you sign up with us and you're ever dissatisfied with your coverage, we will pay for you to switch to another insurance company at no additional cost to you. Now, the market has already taken, if you think about it, who wouldn't want that type of total satisfaction guarantee when they purchase health insurance? So there's a demand for it. The market is already making strides in that direction. Uh, the insurer United Health in 2009 unveiled a continuity pro- a product they call Continuity, which means that if you sign up for this product, then you can purchase. You basically have bought the option to purchase health insurance from United Health at any time in the future at standard rates. So you, no matter how sick you get in the meantime, so you're protected from premium spikes that way. So it's. Uh, just another step or two steps before insurance companies start offering that guarantee, not just for their own products, but for other products as well, other insurance companies' policies as well. And a finance economist at the University of Chicago named John Cochran argues that we will get there, but only if we eliminate the sorts of price controls that President Obama wants to impose on the entire market and otherwise reduce barriers to competition. That's how we're going to generate those innovations that make health insurance more secure, as well as the innovations that make it better, safer, that enroll uh, young and healthy people in health insurance, and achieve a lot of other innovations that we cannot foresee. Michael Cannon is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and co-author of the book Healthy Competition. You can get your copy at Cato.org.